Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. It's Jack London January, and here's another great story from the master of action short stories, Jack London. There's two sides to bullfighting, and you'll hear them both in this terrific story. And now, The Madness of John Harned by Jack London. I'd tell this for a fact. It happened in the bull ring at Quito. I sat in the box with John Harned and with Maria Valenzuela and with Luis Cervalos. I saw it happen. I saw it all from first to last. I was on the steamer Ecuador from Panama to Guayaquil. Maria Valenzuela is my cousin. I have known her always. She is very beautiful. I am a Spaniard, an Ecuadoriano, true, but I am descended from Pedro Patino, who was one of Pizarro's captains. They were brave men. They were heroes. Did not Pizarro lead 350 Spanish cavaliers and 4,000 Indians into the far Cordilleras in search of treasure? And did not all the 4,000 Indians and 300 of the brave cavaliers die on that vain quest? But Pedro Patino did not die. He it was that lived to found the family of the Patino. I am Ecuadoriano, true, but I am Spanish. I am Manuel de Jesus Patino. I own many haciendas, and 10,000 Indians are my slaves, though the law says they are free men who work by freedom of contract. The law is a funny thing. We Ecuadorianos laugh at it. It is our law. We make it for ourselves. I am Manuel de Jesus Patino. Remember that name. It will be written some day in history. There are revolutions in Ecuador. We call them elections. It is a good joke, is it not? What you call a pun? John Harned was an American. I met him first at the Tivoli Hotel in Panama. He had much money. This I have heard. He was going to Lima, but he met Maria Valenzuela in the Tivoli Hotel. Maria Valenzuela is my cousin, and she is beautiful. It is true. She is the most beautiful woman in Ecuador. But also is she most beautiful in every country. In Paris, in Madrid, in New York, in Vienna. Always do men look at her, and John Harned looked long at her at Panama. He loved her, that I know for a fact. She was Ecuadoriano, true, but she was of all countries, and she was of all the world. She spoke many languages. She sang, ah, like an artiste. Her smile, wonderful, divine. Her eyes, ah, Have I not seen men look in her eyes? They were what you English call amazing. They were promises of paradise. Men drowned themselves in her eyes. Maria Valenzuela was rich, richer than I, who am accounted very rich in Ecuador. But John Harned did not care for her money. He had a heart, a funny heart. He was a fool. He did not go to Lima. He left the steamer at Guayaquil and followed her to Quito. She was coming home from Europe and other places. I do not see what she found in him, but she liked him. This I knew for a fact, else he would have not followed her to Quito. She asked him to come. 
"'Well do I remember the occasion. "'She said, "'Come to Quito, and I will show you the bullfight. "'Brave, clever, magnificent.' "'But he said, "'I go to Lima, not Quito. "'Such is my passage engaged on the steamer. "'You travel for pleasure, no?' "'said Maria Valenzuela, "'and she looked at him as only Maria Valenzuela could look, "'her eyes warm with promise. "'And he came.' No, he did not come for the bullfight. He came because of what he had seen in her eyes. Women like Maria Valenzuela are born once in a hundred years. They are of no country and no time. They are what you call goddesses. Men fall down at their feet. They play with men and run them through their pretty fingers like sand. Cleopatra was such a woman, they say, and so was Cirque. She turned men into swine. Ha-ha! It is true, no? It all came about because Maria Valenzuela said, You English people are, what shall I say, savage? No. You prize fight. Two men hit each other with their fists till their eyes are blinded and their noses are broken. Hideous! And the other men who look on cry out loudly and are made glad. It is barbarous, no? But they are men said John Harned, and they prize-fight out of desire. No one makes them prize-fight. They do it because they desire it more than anything else in the world. There was scorn in her smile as she said, They'll kill each other often. Is it not so? I have read it in the papers. But the bull, said John Harned, the bull is killed many times in the bullfight, and the bull does not come into the ring out of desire. It is not fair to the bull. He is compelled to fight. But the man in the prize fight, no. He is not compelled. He is the more brute, therefore, said Maria Valenzuela. He is savage. He is primitive. He is animal. He strikes with his paws like a bear from a cave. And he is ferocious. But the bullfight, ah, you have not seen the bullfight, no? The Toreador is clever. He must have skill. He is modern. He is romantic. He is only a man, soft and tender, and he faces the wild bull in conflict. And he kills with a sword, a slender sword, with one thrust, so, to the heart of the great beast. It is delicious. It makes the heart beat to behold. The small man, the great beast, the wide level sand, the thousands that look on without breath. The great beast rushes to the attack. The small man stands like a statue. He does not move. He is unafraid. And in his hand is the slender sword flashing like silver in the sun. Nearer and nearer rushes the great beast with its sharp horns. The man does not move. And then, so, the sword flashes, the thrust is made, to the heart, to the hilt. The bull falls to the sand and is dead. "'and the man is unhurt. "'It is brave. "'It is magnificent. "'Ah, I could love the Toreador. "'But the man of the prize fight, "'he is the brute, the human beast, "'the savage primitive, "'the maniac that receives many blows "'in his stupid face and rejoices. "'Come to Quito, "'and I will show you the brave sport of men, "'the Toreador and the bull.' 
"'but John Harney did not go to Quito for the bullfight. "'He went because of Maria Valenzuela. "'He was a large man, "'more broad of shoulder than we Ecuadorianos, "'more tall, more heavy of limb and bone. "'True, he was larger of his own race. "'His eyes were blue, though I have seen them gray, "'and sometimes like cold steel. "'His features were large, too, "'not delicate like ours, "'and his jaw was very strong to look at. "'Also his face was smooth-shaven like a priest's. "'Why should a man feel shame for the hair on his face? "'Did not God put it there?' "'Yes, I believe in God. "'I am not a pagan like many of you English. "'God is good. "'He made me an Ecuadoriano with ten thousand slaves. "'And when I die, I shall go to God. "'Yes, the priests are right.' "'But John Harned, he was a quiet man. "'He talked always in a low voice, "'and he never moved his hands when he talked. "'One would have thought his heart was a piece of ice, "'yet did he have a streak of warm in his blood, "'for he followed Maria Valenzuela to Quito. "'Also, and for all that he talked low without moving his hands. "'He was an animal, as you shall see, "'the beast primitive, "'the stupid, ferocious savage of the long ago.' "'that dressed in wild skins "'and lived in the caves "'along with the bears and the wolves. "'Luis Cervallos is my friend, "'the best of Ecuadorianos. "'He owns three cacao plantations "'at Naranjito and Chobo. "'At Milagro is his big sugar plantation. "'He has large haciendas "'at Ambato and Lacacunga, "'and down the coast "'he is interested in oil wells. "'Also, has he spent much money "'in planting rubber along the Guayas?' He is modern, like the Yankee, and like the Yankee, full of business. He has much money, but it is in many ventures, and ever he needs more money for new ventures, and for the old ones. He has been everywhere, and seen everything. When he was a very young man, he was in the Yankee Military Academy, which you call West Point. There was trouble. He was made to resign. He does not like Americans. "'but he did like Maria Valenzuela, "'who was of his own country. "'Also, he needed her money for his ventures "'and for his gold mine in eastern Ecuador "'where the painted Indians live. "'I was his friend. "'It was my desire that he should marry Maria Valenzuela. "'Further, much of my money had I invested in his ventures, "'more so in his gold mine, which was very rich, "'but which first required the expense of much money "'before it would yield forth its riches.' If Luis Cerbayos married Maria Valenzuela, I should have more money very immediately. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special, limited-time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 
1001 Stories at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. But John Hart had followed Maria Valenzuela to Quito, and it was quickly clear to us, to Luis Servaios and me, that she looked upon John Harned with great kindness. It is said that a woman will have her will, but this is a case not in point, for Maria Valenzuela did not have her will, at least not with John Harned. Perhaps it all would have happened as it did, even if Luis Servaios and I had not sat in the box that day at the bullring in Quito. But this I know, we did sit in the box that day, and I shall tell you what happened. The four of us were in the one box, guests of Luis Servaios. I was next to the Presidente's box. On the other side was the box of General José Elicio Salazar. With him were Joaquín Indara and Urquicino Castillo, both generals, and Colonel Jacinto Fierro, and Captain Baltazar de Echeverria. Only Luis Servaios had the position and the influence to get that box next to the Presidente. I know for a fact that the Presidente himself expressed the desire to the management that Luis Servaios should have that box. The band finished playing the National Hymn of Ecuador. The procession of the Toreadors was over. The Presidente nodded to begin. The bugles blew, and the bull dashed in. You know the way. Excited, bewildered, the darts in its shoulder burning like fire, itself seeking madly whatever enemy to destroy. The Toreadors hid behind their shelters and waited. Suddenly they appeared forth, the Capadores, five of them, from every side, their colored capes flinging wide. The bull paused at sight of such a generosity of enemies unable in his own mind to know which to attack. Then advanced one of the Capadors alone to meet the bull. The bull was very angry. With its forelegs, it pawed the sand of the arena till the dust rose all about it. Then it charged with lowered head straight for the lone Capador. It is always of interest, the first charge of the first bull. After a time, it is natural that one should grow tired, trifle, that the keenness should lose its edge. But that first charge of the first bull, John Harned was seeing it for the first time, and he could not escape the excitement. The sight of the man, armed only with a piece of cloth, and of the bull rushing upon him across the sand with sharp horns, widespreading. See! cried Maria Valenzuela. Is it not superb? John Harned nodded, but did not look at her. His eyes were sparkling, and they were only for the bull ring. The Capador stepped to the side, with a twirl of the cape eluding the bull and spreading the cape on his own shoulders. What do you think? asked Maria Valenzuela. Is it not what you call sporting proposition? No? It is certainly, said John Harned. It is very clever. She clapped her hands with delight. They were little hands. The audience applauded. The bull turned and came back. Again the Capadore eluded him. 
throwing the cape on his shoulders, and again the audience applauded. Three times did this happen. The capadore was very excellent. Then he retired, and the other capadore played with the bull. After that, they placed the bandolitos in the bull, in the shoulders, on each side of the backbone, two at a time. Then stepped forward Ordonez, the chief matador, with a long sword in the scarlet cape. The bugles blew for the death. He's not so good as Matastini. Still, he is good, and with one thrust, he drove the sword to the heart, and the bull doubled his legs under him, and lay down and died. It was a pretty thrust, clean and sure, and there was much applause, and many of the common people threw their hats into the ring. Maria Valenzuela clapped her hands with the rest, and John Harned, whose cold heart was not touched by the event, looked at her with curiosity. You like it? he asked. Always, she said, still clapping her hands. From a little girl, said Luis Servaios. I remember her first fight. She was four years old. She sat with her mother, and just like now she clapped her hands. She is a proper Spanish woman. You have seen it, said Maria Valenzuela to John Harned as they fastened the mules to the dead bull and dragged it out. You have seen the bullfight, and you like it? No? What do you think? I think the bull had no chance, he said. The bull was doomed from the first. The issue was not in doubt. Everyone knew, before the bull entered the ring, that it was to die. To be a sporting proposition, the issue must be in doubt. There was one stupid bull who had never fought a man against five wise men who had fought many bulls. It would be possibly a little bit fair if it were one man against one bull. Or one man against five bulls, said Maria Valenzuela, and we all laughed, and Luis Servaios laughed loudest. Yes, said John Harned, against five bulls, and the man, like the bulls, never in the bull ring before. A man like yourself, Senor Servaios. Yet we Spanish liked the bullfight, said Luis Servaios. And I swear the devil was whispering then in his ear, telling him to do that which I shall relate. Then it must be a cultivated taste, John Harned made answer. We kill bulls by the thousand every day in Chicago, yet no one cares to pay admittance to see. That is butchery, said I, but this, uh, this is an art. It is delicate, it is fine, it is rare. Not always, said Luis Servaios. I have seen clumsy matadors, and I will tell you, it is not nice. He shuddered, and his face betrayed such what you call disgust, that I knew then that the devil was whispering and that he was beginning to play a part. Senor Harned may be right, said Luis Servaios. It may not be fair to the bull. For is it not known to all of us that for 24 hours the bull is given no water, and that immediately before the fight he is permitted to drink his fill? And he comes into the ring heavy with water? said John Harned quickly, and I saw that his eyes were very gray and very sharp and very cold. It is necessary for the sport, said Luis Servaios. 
Would you like to have the bull so strong that he would kill the Toreadors? I would that he had a fighting chance, said John Harney, facing the ring to see the second bull come in. It was not a good bull. It was frightened. It ran around the ring in search of a way to get out. The Capadors stepped forth and flared their capes, but he refused to charge upon them. It is a stupid bull, said Maria Valenzuela. I beg pardon, said John Harned, but it would seem to me a wise bull. He knows he must not fight man. See, he smells death there in the ring. True, the bull, pausing where the last one had died, was smelling the wet sand and snorting. Again he ran around the ring with raised head, looking at the faces of the thousands that hissed him, that threw orange peels at him and called him names. But the smell of blood decided him, and he charged the capador, so without warning that the man just escaped. He dropped his cape and dodged into the shelter. The bull struck the wall of the ring with a crash, and John Harned said, in a quiet voice, as though he talked to himself, I will give one thousand sucras to the Lazar house of Quito if a bull kills a man this day. You like bulls? said Maria Valenzuela with a smile. I like such men less, said John Harned. A Toreador is not a brave man. He surely cannot be a brave man. See, the bull's tongue is already out. He is tired, and he has not yet begun. It is the water, said Luis Serviles. Yes, it is the water, said John Harned. Would it not be safer to hamstring the bull before he comes on? Maria Valenzuela was made angry by this sneer in John Harned's words. But Luis Servaios smiled so that only I could see him, and then it broke upon my mind surely the game he was playing. He and I were to be bandoleros. The big American bull was there in the box with us. We were to stick the darts in him till he became angry, and then there might be no marriage with Maria Valenzuela. It was a good sport and the spirit of bullfighters was in our blood. The bull was now angry and excited. The Capadors had great game with him. He was very quick, and sometimes he turned with such sharpness that his hind legs lost their footing, and he plowed the sand with his quarter. But he charged always the flung capes and committed no harm. He has no chance, said John Harney. He is fighting wind. He thinks the cape is his enemy, explained Maria Valenzuela. See how cleverly the Capador deceives him? It is his nature to be deceived, said John Harned. Wherefore, he is doomed to fight wind. The Toreadors know it. You know it. I know it. We all know from the first that he'll fight wind. He only does not know it. It is his stupid beast nature. He has no chance. It is very simple, said Luis Serrayos. The bull shuts his eyes when he charges. Therefore, the man steps out of the way and the bull rushes by. Harned interrupted. Yes, said Luis Serrayos. That is it. The bull shuts his eyes and the man knows it. But cows do not shut their eyes, said John Harned. 
I know a cow at home that is a Jersey and gives milk that would whip the whole gang of them. But the Toreadors do not fight cows, said I. They are afraid to fight cows, said John Harnett. Yes, said Luis Servaios. They are afraid to fight cows. There would be no sport in killing Toreadors. There would be some sport, said John Harnett. If a Toreador were killed once in a while, when I become an old man and mayhap a cripple, and should I need to make a living and be unable to do hard work, then I would become a bullfighter. It is a light vocation for elderly gentlemen and pensioners. But see, said Maria Valenzuela, as the bull charged bravely and the capador eluded it with a fling of his cape, it requires skill so to avoid the beast. True said John Harding. But believe me, it requires a thousand times more skill to avoid the many and quick punches of a prize fighter who keeps his eyes open and strikes with intelligence. Furthermore, this bull does not want to fight. Behold, he runs away. It was not a good bull, for Gannett ran around the ring, seeking to find a way out. Yet these bulls are sometimes the most dangerous said Luis Servaios. It can never be known what they will do next. They are wise. They are half cow. The bullfighters never liked them. See, he has turned. Once again, baffled and made angry by the walls of the ring that would not let him out, the bull was attacking his enemies valiantly. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. His tongue is hanging out, said John Harnett. First, they fill him with water. Then they tire him out, one man and then another, persuading him to exhaust himself by fighting wind. While some tire him, others rest. But the bowl, they never let rest. Afterward, when he is quite tired and no longer quick, the matador sticks the sword into him. The time had now come for the banderillos. Three times one of the fighters endeavored to place the darts and three times did he fail, but he stung the bull and maddened it. The banderillos must go in, you know, two at a time, into the shoulders, on each side the backbone and close to it. If but one be placed, it is a failure. The crowd hissed and called for Ordonez, and then Ordonez did a great thing. Four times he stood forth, and four times at the first attempt, he stuck in the banderillos, so that eight of them well-placed, stood out of the back of the bull at one time. The crowd went mad, and a rain of hats and money fell on the sand of the ring. And just then, the bull charged unexpectedly one of the capadors. The man slipped and lost his head. The bull caught him, fortunately, between his wide horns. And while the audience watched, breathless and silent, John Harned stood up and yelled with gladness, Alone, in that hush of all of us, 
John Harned yelled, and he yelled for the bull. As you see yourself, John Harned wanted the man killed. His was a brutal heart. This bad conduct made those angry that sat in the box of General Salazar, and they cried out against John Harned. And Urcasino Castillo told him to his face that he was a dog of a gringo, among other things. Only it was in Spanish, and John Harned did not understand. He stood and yelled, perhaps for the time of ten seconds, when the bull was enticed into charging the other capadors, and the man arose unhurt. The bull has no chance, John Harned said with sadness as he sat down. The man was uninjured. They fooled the bull away from him. Then he turned to Maria Valenzuela and said, I beg your pardon. I was excited. She smiled and in reproof tapped his arm with her fan. It is your first bullfight, she said. After you have seen more, you will not cry for the death of the man. You Americans, you see, are more brutal than we. It is because of your prize fighting. We come only to see the bull killed. But I would the bull had some chance, he answered. Doubtless, in time, I shall cease to be annoyed by the men who take advantage of the bull. The bugles blew for the death of the bull. Ordonez stood forth with the sword and the scarlet cloth, but the bullet changed again and did not want to fight. Ordonez stamped his foot in the sand and cried out and waved the scarlet cloth. Then the bull charged, but without heart. There was no weight to the charge. It was a poor thrust. The sword struck a bone and bent. Ordonez took a fresh sword. The bull again stung to fight, charged once more. Five times Ordonez essayed the thrust, and each time the sword went but part way in or struck bone. The sixth time the sword went into the hilt. But it was a bad thrust. The sword missed the heart and stuck out half a yard through the ribs on the opposite side. The audience hissed the matador. I glanced at, I glanced at John Harned. He sat silent, without movement. But I could see his teeth were set and his hands were clenched tight on the railing of the box. All the fight was now out of the bull, and though it was no vital thrust, he trotted lamely because of the sword that stuck through him, in one side and out the other. He ran away from the matador and the capadors and circled the edge of the ring, looking up at the many faces. He is saying, for God's sake, let me out of this. I don't want to fight said John Harnett. That was all. He said no more, but sat and watched, though sometimes he looked sideways at Maria Valenzuela to see how she took it. She was angry with the matador. He was awkward, and she had desired a clever exhibition. The bull was now very tired and weak from loss of blood, though far from dying. He walked slowly around the wall of the ring, seeking a way out. He would not charge, he had had enough, but he must be killed. There is a place in the neck of a bull behind the horns where the cord of the spine is unprotected and where a short stab will immediately kill. Ordonez stepped in front of the bull and lowered his scarlet cloth to the ground. The bull would not charge. 
He stood still and smelled the cloth, lowering his head to do so. Ordonez stabbed between the horns at the spot in the neck. The bull jerked his head up. The stab had missed. Then the bull watched the sword. When Ordonez moved the cloth on the ground, the bull forgot the sword and lowered his head to smell the cloth. Again Ordonez stabbed, and again he failed. He tried many times. It was stupid. And John Harned said nothing. At last, a stab went home, and the bull fell to the sand, dead immediately, and the mules were made fast, and he was dragged out. The gringos say it is a cruel sport, no, said Luis Servaios, that it is not humane, that it is bad for the bull, no? No, said John Harned. The bull does not count for much. It is bad for those that look on. It is degrading to those that look on. It teaches them to delight in animal suffering. It is cowardly for five men to fight one stupid bull. Therefore, those that look on learn to be cowards. The bull dies, but those that look on live, and a lesson is learned. The bravery of men is not nourished by scenes of cowardice. Maria Valenzuela said nothing. Neither did she look at him. But she heard every word, and her cheeks were white with anger. She looked out across the ring and fanned herself, but I saw that her hand trembled. Nor did John Harned look at her. He went on as though she were not there. He too was angry, coldly angry. It is the cowardly sport of a cowardly people, he said. Ah, said Luis Servaios softly, you think you understand us. I understand now the Spanish Inquisition, said John Harned. It must have been more delightful than bullfighting. Luis Servaios smiled but said nothing. He glanced at Maria Valenzuela, and I knew that the bullfight in the box was won. Never would she have further to do with the gringo who spoke such words. But neither Luis Servaios nor I was prepared for the outcome of the day. I fear we do not understand the gringos. How are we to know that John Harned, who was so coldly angry, should go suddenly mad? But mad he did go, as you shall see. The bull did not count for much. He said so himself. Then why should the horse count for so much? That I cannot understand. The mind of John Harned lacked logic. That is the only explanation. It is not unusual to have horses in the bull ring at Quito, said Luis Servaios, looking up from the program. In Spain, they always have them. But today, by special permission, we shall have them. When the next bull comes on, there will be horses and picadors, you know, the men who carry lances and ride the horses. The bull is doomed from the first, said John Harned. Are the horses then likewise doomed? 
They are blindfolded so that they may not see the bull, said Luis Servaios. I have seen many horses killed. It is a brave sight. I have seen the bull slaughtered, said John Harned. I will now see the horse slaughtered so that I may understand more fully the fine points of this noble sport. They are old horses, said Luis Servaios, that are not good for anything else. Oh, I see, said John Harned. The third bull came on, and soon against it were both capadors and picadors. One picador took his stand directly below us. I agree, it was a thin and aged horse he rode, a bag of bones covered with mangy hide. It is a marvel that the poor brute can hold up the weight of the rider, said John Harner. And now that the horse fights the bull, what weapons has it? The horse does not fight the bull, said Luis Servaios. Oh, said John Harnett. Then is the horse there to be gored? That must be why it is blindfolded, so that it shall not see the bull coming to gore it. Not quite so, said I. The lance of the picador is to keep the bull from goring the horse. Then are the horses rarely gored? asked John Harnett. No said Luis Servaios. I have seen, at Seville, 18 horses killed in one day, and the people clamored for more horses. Were they blindfolded like this horse? asked John Harned. Yes, said Luis Servaios. After that, we talked no more, but watched the fight, and John Harned was going mad all the time, and we did not know. The bull refused to charge the horse, and the horse stood still, and because it could not see, it did not know that the capadors were trying to make the bull charge upon it. The capadors teased their bull with capes, and when it charged them, they ran toward the horse and into their shelters. At last the bull was angry, and it saw the horse before it. The horse does not know. He can't see. John Harned whispered to himself, unaware that he voiced his thought aloud. The bull charged, and of course the horse knew nothing till the picador failed, and the horse found himself impaled on the bull's horns from beneath. The bull was magnificently strong. The sight of its strength was splendid to see. It lifted the horse clear into the air, and as the horse fell to its side on the ground, the picador landed on his feet and escaped, while the capadors lured the bull away. The horse was emptied of all its essential organs. Yet did it rise to its feet screaming. It was the scream of the horse that did it, that made John Harned completely mad, for he too started to rise to his feet. I heard him curse low and deep. He never took his eyes from the horse, which, screaming, strove to run, but fell down instead and rolled on its back so all its four legs were kicking in the air. Then the bull charged it and gored it again and again until it was dead. John Harned was now on his feet. His eyes were no longer cold like steel. They were blue flames. He looked at Maria Valenzuela and she looked at him and in his face was a great loathing. The moment of his madness was upon him. Everybody was looking. Now that the horse was dead, 
and John Harded was a large man and easy to be seen. Sit down, sit down, said Luis Servaios, or you will make a fool of yourself. John Harded replied nothing. He struck out his fist. He smote Luis Servaios in the face so that he fell like a dead man across the chairs and did not rise again. He saw nothing of what followed, but I saw much. Urcasino Castillo, leaning forward from the next box with his cane, struck John Hardy full across the face. And John Hardy smote him with his fist so that in falling, he overthrew General Salazar. John Hardy was now in what you call berserker rage, no? The beast primitive in him was loose and roaring. The beast primitive of the holes and caves of long ago. You came for a bullfight? I heard him say, and by God, I'll show you a man fight. It was a fight. The soldiers guarding the Presidente's box leaped across, but from one of them, he took a rifle and beat them on their heads with it. From the other box, Colonel Jacinto Fierro was shooting at him with a revolver. The first shot killed a soldier. This I know for a fact, I saw it. But the second shot struck John Harded in the side. Whereupon he swore, and with a lunge, drove the bayonet of his rifle into Colonel Jacinto Fierro's body. It was horrible to behold. The Americans and the English are a brutal race. They sneer at our bullfighting, yet do they delight in the shedding of blood. More men were killed that day because of John Harned than ever were killed in all the history of the bullring of Quito, yes, and of Guayaquil, and all of Ecuador. It was the scream of the horse that did it. Yet why did not John Harned go mad when the bull was killed? A beast is a beast, be it a bull or a horse. John Harned was mad. There is no other explanation. He was blood mad, a beast himself. I leave it to your judgment. Which is worse, the goring of the horse by the bull, or the goring of Colonel Jacinto Fierro by the bayonet in the hands of John Harned? And John Harned gored others with that bayonet. He was full of devils. He fought with many bullets in him, and he was hard to kill. And Maria Valenzuela was a brave woman. Unlike the other women, she did not cry out nor faint. She sat still in her box, gazing out across the bullring. Her face was white, and she fanned herself, but never looked around. From all sides came the soldiers and officers and the common people bravely to subdue the mad gringo. It is true, the cry went up from the crowd to kill all the gringos. It is an old cry in Latin American countries, what of dislike for the gringos and their uncouth ways. It is true, the cry went up, but the brave Ecuadorianos killed only John Harned, and first he killed seven of them. Besides, there were many hurt. I have seen many bullfights, but never have I seen anything so abominable as the scene in the boxes when the fight was over. It was like a field of battle. The dead lay around everywhere, while the wounded sobbed and groaned, and some of them died. One man, whom John Harded had thrust through the belly with the bayonet, clutched at himself with both his hands and screamed. I tell you for a fact, it was more terrible than the screaming of a thousand horses. No, no, Maria Valenzuela 
did not marry Luis Servios. I am sorry for that. He was my friend, and much of my money was invested in his ventures. It was five weeks before the surgeons took the bandages from his face, and there is a scar there to this day, on the cheek, under the eye. Yet John Harnage struck him but once, and struck him only with his naked fist. Maria Valenzuela is in Austria now. It is said she is to marry an archduke or some high nobleman. I do not know. I think she liked John Harned before he followed her to Quito to see the bullfight. But why the horse? That is what I desire to know. Why should he watch the bull and say that it did not count and then go immediately and most horribly mad because a horse screamed? There is no understanding the gringos. They are barbarians. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. Be sure to catch us at our other shows. We left the links in the show notes for you, and be sure to catch us every Wednesday and Sunday in January for more Jack London favorites. Also, if you like stories from the American West, you can't do better than Gunsmoke, playing every other day in January over at 1001 Radio Days. And I happen to know that Westerns are enjoyed everywhere in the world. So you listeners from Latvia to Lapland, Australia to Chile, and everywhere in between, if you want some hardcore Western action, come to 1001 Radio Days today. And we'll leave that link in the show notes for you as well. And please keep those great reviews coming. Did you know that 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales is ranked in the top 10 arts literature in over 60 countries today? And all thanks to your reviews at Apple iTunes Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon.